from sound. Welcome to Knickknack News. I'm Alex. And I'm Anthony. And my story this week is Space News. Okay, this is from space.com. Yes. You know, makes sense. Uh, The James Webb Space Telescope is finally ready to do science. Yay! And it's seeing the universe more clearly than even its own engineers hoped for. Yay! So... So this is, yeah, this is just a story kind of, it's kind of a summary of what's happened since we last talked about oh, okay. the space telescope. Perfect. Um, because like when we last talked about it, it just finished like deploying all of its bits and pieces and now it's starting to power on all of its instruments. Um, nice. And getting ready, like I said, to do science in space. Uh, so there's NASA is scheduled to release the first images taken by the telescope on July 12th. Ooh, of this year. That's so not that's too far away. Less than a month away. That's pretty exciting. Um, they'll mark the beginning of the next era in astronomy as Webb, the largest space telescope ever built, begins collecting scientific data that will help answer questions about the earliest moments of the universe and allow astronomers to study exoplanets in greater detail than ever before. Ooh. Ooh. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think... I don't remember if we talked about it on here or if I just showed you outside of the podcast, but I, there's like that one image that they took that was like a test image just to make sure stuff was aligned well. And it showed like all of these like stars in like really sharp yes. detail and you could like make out the gas clouds and stuff like, and that was just one of their test images before they like determined color and things. So we're in yes. for some really amazing photography whenever this thing actually uh, I'm so starts, excited. It's working. Um, so after the successful launch on December 25th, 2021, the team began the long process of moving the telescope into its final orbital position, uh, unfolding the telescope, and uh, calibrating the cameras and sensors aboard. The cameras on web cooled just as the engineers predicted, and the first instrument the team turned on was the near-infrared camera, designed to study the faint infrared light produced by the oldest stars or galaxies in the universe, so the ones on the very far edges. Um, and like these cameras have to be super, super cold, because otherwise they'll pick up the infrared like heat signatures of the camera, like the instruments themselves and won't actually be able to see anything far away. Um, which is why everything has to be so chilly. Um, the mirror alignment wrapped up on March 11th, uh, and they turned on the near infrared spectrograph and the near infrared imager and slitless spectrograph. Um, and there are acronyms for those, but they're not easier to pronounce. So (laughs) I left those out. Um, but those finished cooling and powered on as well. Um, They're both used to measure different wavelengths of light, but each one has different features and specific modes and purposes. Um, Like the second one they mentioned specifically has like a mode for capturing exoplanets that are near to stars, um, which is something I imagine they have struggled capturing with great detail before. Yeah, because there's interference with the light from the star, right? Exactly. Okay. Um, So like they have a specific mode for it. I guess, handling that situation. And so I'm so excited to see images from this thing. I, uh, they're going to be so cool. Um, so the final instrument to boot up on web was the mid infrared instrument. Um, the M I R I 
Minferment. The mid, mid, mid yes, uh, exactly mind. that. Uh, design, <laughs> it's designed to take photos of distant or newly formed galaxies as well as faint small objects like asteroids. So, again, sim- similar, I imagine, to the other cameras taking mm-hmm. away uh, pictures of far things. Uh, it detects the longest wavelengths of the instruments um, on board Webb, and it must be kept at minus 449 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, which I think they said was like 11 degrees shy of absolute zero or something. It, like, it's extremely cold. Yeah, I'm... Um, it has its own cold, like, like or its own cooling element or, like, thing on it, too. Just because it needs to be, like, extra super duper cold in order in order to work. Because, wow. again, otherwise it will pick up interference from itself. Right. Um, because it's extremely sensitive. Yeah, I'm trying to, like, absolute zero, I used to know this like Kelvin units and like what absolute zero is, but I don't off the top of my head right now. So we don't have to go there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember 273 is something. I think, I don't know if that's negative Celsius or something. It would make more sense if it was negative Celsius. Right. It was, it's definitely not Fahrenheit. Yeah. But I don't remember if that's actually right. Or if 273 is something else. It's 273 like Kelvin, like zero in Celsius. I'd have to look maybe. it up. Maybe, yeah, that, oh, maybe. 273 yeah. is something. I just remember this, and I don't know why. <laughs> That's a better memory than I have. I'm going to laugh really hard if it, it has nothing to do, do with anything. The there's no, there's no like, 273. Have, like, we're in I've made from? some really random connection in the back of my head. Um, <laughs> so uh, as of June 15th, all of its instruments are on and have taken their first images already. Um, additionally, four of the imaging modes, three time series modes, and three spectroscopic modes have all been tested and certified, leaving just three to go. Um, and throughout this article, they kind of point out, like, basically all these instruments are working better than they even expected them to. Like, they're all, like, well within the range of, like, getting good images and, in most cases, better. Awesome. So, like, we're, I'm so excited to see what this thing produces. Same. Um, so... On July 12th, they plan to release a suite of teaser observations, um, <laughs> their words, not mine, <laughs> that illustrate Webb's capabilities. Uh, these will show the beauty of Webb imagery and also give astronomers a real taste of the quality of data that they will be receiving. Um, then after July 12th, the telescope will start working full-time on its science mission that is, like, collecting data for specific, like, experiments and purposes and stuff. So Okay. But they haven't specifically released the schedule yet of what that's going to be. So okay. we're just going to keep continue to be surprised, and I imagine pleasantly so because yeah. this. I'm, I'm okay so with that excited. because I think just everything this thing produces is going to be like, right, like gold. <laughs> I feel like they could take a picture of like empty space or seemingly empty space, and then it would still end up being just like stunning what yeah, they can probably. actually see there. Probably it'll be an alien just floating in the middle of it'll it. Like, an, hey, it's going to be an alien ship just it's waving. Big. Yeah. <laughs> We don't know. <laughs> we don't. We don't know. We've never been able to take this fidelity of photos before, so who knows? Who knows what's happening? Yeah, who, who knows what's happening? I mean, it's definitely not aliens, but we had this discussion. Yeah, like, we just last had time. this discussion. So, <laughs> it's probably not aliens, actually, but we don't know what we're gonna see. We don't it's know. So cool. Okay, my story this week is science news. This is from phys.org, like physics. Oh, yes. Yes, this place. Uh, The headline is, actually slightly revised, the headline, Objects can levitate by sound despite interference. 
Okay. So did you know that sound waves can cause objects to levitate when you point them at them in a specific manner? I don't think I did. Because apparently that is a thing that people have done in the past. That's like the background of what this, these people were doing. <laughs> these people were like building on that. So I'll explain. So if I yell at an object, I can make it float? If you yell really, 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 really fast. <laughs> uh, a team of researchers at University College London has developed a way to keep objects in the air using sound waves. And even when other objects interfere with the levitation path, or like the path of the sound, some of the okay, sound waves. so there's like something in the way. Yeah. Okay. Prior research has shown that it is possible to levitate objects by firing sound waves at them. Because sound waves are nothing more than air particles moving together in a certain way, the object being levitated will fall if an object, if some other object interferes with those sound waves calling it to levitate, causing it to levitate. But like, that makes sense. Anyway. Uh-huh. Um, so in this new effort, these researchers developed ways to address that problem. So to deal with interference, the researchers actually just increased the number of speakers they were using. So they used this system of actually 256 different speakers all okay. aimed at this object. Uh-huh. And <laughs> I wrote a note in here, like, maybe Sonos needs to, like, work with these people. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's a callback for anybody who's listened up. recently. So they arranged the speakers in, like, a grid and then specifically shaped the sound waves within that grid to levitate the object. But then how it worked is that, like, if some of the waves were interrupted, the other ones would compensate for it. So they just had enough, like, redundancies in the system that, like, basically, like, okay, there's a video of this. They could take, like, small objects and, like, cause them to levitate, like, up and around another object. It's really cool. Okay. (laughs) Um, The researchers proved their system was viable by testing it using a 3D printed white rabbit for some reason. Okay. I don't understand why. Don't understand <laughs> What's the why. imagery there? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so they use that as like the interference object, and then they like levitated things around the rabbit. And there's a video of this. <laughs> it's, I'm making these like hand motions right now because that's what the video is like. It's like these beads that they're Just like circling the rabbit, going around. Yeah. Uh, in one of the experiments, they levitated a piece of clear fabric around the rabbit, and they used that as a screen for, like, an, a projection of another rabbit what video. Is, like, what it is with rabbit. I don't know. It was like a video of a rabbit playing, and it was, like, floating around the other rabbit. I don't really understand why that's what they picked. Okay. And then in another experiment, they levitated a drop of water over... A glass of water. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so, Was there a rabbit yeah. involved in that one? I, it doesn't say. Okay. <laughs> I'm not sure. We'll never know. So the paper describing this work was published in the journal Science Advances. All right. So well, we've I thought advanced it was cool. science. I, I'm a little hung up on, on the why. <laughs> um, also, like, yeah. earlier there, you were like, the problem of interference. And I was like, okay, who encountered this problem? <laughs> In what? Maybe, maybe, um, I don't know, the same team that published the research like a year earlier yeah, on meditating like, with sound. I don't know. We had this issue and everyone's like, okay. <laughs> so at the end of the article, it was not very clearly 
described, but what I interpreted from the, what they were trying to say about the use of this technology was like, you could make visual media that kind of had, had like an interesting transitions between like physical objects and digital objects. And by making certain things be like levitating out of nowhere, like, do you see how this could be maybe used in like a film? Yeah. That, that's no, kind like of what they like were trying film to say. Or like even just like an interesting photo shoot or something. Yes. Like that was their, that seemed to be their why of like, you okay. can create it very interesting visual imagery using this technology. I wonder, I'm like, okay. <laughs> I wonder if you could, if they could use it as like a substitute for a conveyor belt type thing Ooh. for a very like small objects that need to be moved like and are delicate and just like move them with sound. If they have that much control over could. the movement of it, like that'd be kind of neat. Yeah, that's a really good idea. That's just my thought. If they're listening, hey, I found yep. a practical use for your research. <laughs> hey, I found a, a reason for you to have done this research. <laughs> All right, it's time for breaking news, the part of the show where Anthony and I look up stories that just happened today or were just posted today and we read them to you on the fly. Rabbits for some reason. <laughs> Ready, set, go! go. Right, I found this on CNN. Kraft Macaroni and Cheese is changing its name. What? Really? Okay. Yes, but like, don't get too excited about it. Well, I don't know if I was really excited. I was more like intrigued. I guess. I, okay, well, don't don't be intrigued because <laughs> <laughs> this it's I mostly I mostly brought this because it's kind of like incredibly underwhelming. Um, okay. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kraft Macaroni and Cheese is changing its name after 85 years. You ready? Can I guess what they're changing it to? I'm not going to guess. Because <laughs> you won't get it. Arts. Craft. Arts. Arts and crafts. Okay. Nope. That was a stupid guess. <laughs> <laughs> it was more creative than this. The household staple is now called Kraft Mac and Cheese. Wait, what? <laughs> Changing it. Nope. <laughs> they just changed it from macaroni and cheese to mac and cheese. Okay, so they weren't. <laughs> I told I'm you disappointed. that. I told you that. I told you. <laughs> you did. You, you did tell me. You I told me you, not to be intrigued. I gave you every warning. You did. You I said did. it's I said it's you underwhelming. Did. I said I don't be excited. Yeah, I did. <laughs> um so the company says this is meant to reflect the way fans organically talk about the brand, which, like, d- of course they do, but you didn't have to, ch- you didn't have to, <laughs> you have to change the name or make a press release. Um, <laughs> packaging featuring the new name will hit shelves in August, um, and along with the shortened name, shoppers will notice the box receiving a subtle makeover that includes a refreshed logo, which it looks like a logo <laughs> is it, is from it before. Exactly it just says mac and cheese instead of macaroni. <laughs> Why do they need? Yeah, this is one of those things that's like, did you really have to do a press did you release have to for do this? I, I'm, yeah, like I said, I mostly brought it because it was extremely underwhelming, <laughs> and also because we have a history with Kraft mac and cheese with the uh, yes. with the infamous ice cream. Yes, the infamous mac and cheese ice cream, which you it's ate. So I ate you a lot. Finished it. I finished all. I just felt obligated to. I can literally, as soon as I said the Kraft mac and cheese ice cream, I could taste it. <laughs> Is it weird that, that I also have that experience and I ate way less than you did? Yeah. It's a very distinctive taste. 
that it had. I, if you didn't, if you're listening to this and you didn't hear that episode because that was a while ago, mm-hmm. it tastes like it, it. Like okay, when you have like a craft macaroni and cheese, but like just the cheese sauce uh-huh. in the bottom of your bowl. Yeah. If you took that and like and froze, froze it, it into an ice cream, that's what it tasted that's like. Th- yeah. It was very strange. It was spot on and pretty gross. And also, I ate all of it. Um, <laughs> so they said that the new name and box are part of an effort to rebrand their mac and cheese as comfort food, which was it not before, which it was before. Yeah. Apparently like the article made it sound like they want to differentiate themselves from like healthier alternatives to mac and cheese with like, like healthy mac and cheese that exists apparently. So they're trying to say like, we're not, we're not, healthy. we're not healthy. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, we still taste good and we're not good no, for you. I, I, okay, I can understand why they want to change it, because mac and cheese is what people call that now. Sure. Nobody says macaroni and cheese, like, no, anymore. that's insane. But they could have just done that and just yep. moved on. And nobody would have nobody noticed, for one thing. <laughs> yeah. One person, like, in one grocery store somewhere in, like, the middle of the country would be like, didn't it used to... Oh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and throw it in their cart. Like, it's yep. the most inconsequential renaming in the history. <laughs> like, yeah. It's, like, even uh, less so than, like, something like Dunkin' Donuts changing to Dunkin', which, like, everyone still calls it Dunkin' Donuts. They yeah. will never change that. So, anyway. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's going to take, like, a whole generation of people to, mm-hmm. like, change that like it's got people that have never seen a Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah, exactly. Those people will call it. Dunkin'. When I was your age, there was a donuts at the end. <laughs> it's like sure, Grandpa. Whatever. <laughs> Hoverboard away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so my story is a bear story. We've we've uh, had a good good uh, supply of these lately. Yeah. I feel like um, this is from UP High. The headline is, Bear Breaks into Wisconsin Vacation Home While Family Sleeps. A little bit concerning. Did they not Everything's notice? Everything's okay. Uh, so, they did notice. Like, they woke up. Oh, okay. <laughs> but this was after the bear had apparently punched through a window. Uh-huh. Hold on, I have to find where it actually says what. The bear was able to punch through a screen, came in ate some food in the kitchen, and then worked its way into the master bathroom. And then the family woke up and managed to close the bear into said bathroom and then mm-hmm. fled the home and then called somebody to help, and they were able to get it out of the house. But, like, this was while they were asleep. So they, they woke up and there was just, like, a bear. There was just a bear there. Yeah. Not, <laughs> not something you usually want to see? No. Um, but, yeah, I mean, everything seemed they're, they're fine, okay. though. Like, yeah. What did the bear eat specifically, do we know? What was it? What was uh, so irresistible that it punched through a window? It doesn't say. Hmm. I want to know that too. Is this not? Is this not one of those bear stories that ends with like a PSA? Well, we could make it a PSA. Oh, of course, yeah. Don't leave a jar of honey open next to your window. Yeah. If you're in bear country. And especially don't have a fan blowing the honey smell out the window into the into the outdoors. That's yes. that's, that's just basics basic bear bear basics, basics 101. <laughs> that's just basics. It's just basics. You know, our classic catchphrase. That's just basics. That's just basics. Wow.
All right, that's our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We post episodes every Friday. And as always, the links to this week's stories will be in the episode description. You can subscribe to Nick News on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. And you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash News, on Twitter at at News, and on Instagram at News. All right, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.